Hello, everyone, and welcome to Molly Movie Club. I am Casey Muratori. And I am Anna Redberg. On this episode of Molly Movie Club, we talk about Stanley Kubrick, Kubrick? or Kubrick, Ki- depending on who you believe, me or Anna Redberg. Well, I mean, let's ask the movie club. I pretty much have said it wrong my entire life. You so say I don't, everything wrong. See, yes. I think if we're just going to go on like precedent here, I'm right and you're wrong. Because yes. this is like normally what happens. Yes. You say things wrong. Yes. But, you know. So you should probably listen to Anna. But anyway, we are doing Stanley Kubrick or Kubrick or <laughs> Kubrick or any other way you wish to pronounce the name. Just be free with it. Let yourself have that expressive moment. His World War I picture, Paths of Glory, featuring Kirk Douglas as a colonel who becomes embroiled in military politics when uh, his men are sort of caught in the crossfire of an ambitious general and his superiors. You were trying to do the, you were trying to do like the Roger Ebert And I did it really well. (laughs) Anna Rettberg, what did you think of Paths of Glory? I liked it. Did you? Yeah, I liked and, it. And uh, did you have any comments beyond that, or should we just end the podcast? I think that's it. All right. Thank you for <laughs> joining us for Molly Movie Club. Man, this is such an easy job if that's if that's all you have to do. I mean, that's sort of all people look at on Rotten Tomatoes, right? That's it's like true. liked it or not. That's they don't true. bother reading the review that's anymore, true. so you really just have to give a thumbs up or thumbs down to earn your, your paycheck. So to be honest, I'm not sure I have any particularly like strong feelings, positive or negative, about mm-hmm. this movie. I enjoyed watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought it was very well shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was generally well acted. Yeah. Um, I liked. I liked the sort of like... I like that it was sort of that old-fashioned sort of type of story where things are messy and don't have clear, you know, and like the ending is is sort of like up in the air. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, not, yeah. It doesn't have some, some sort of like firm answers about anything. Um, and like the the men are actually killed, right? Yep. As opposed to you know, you, which feels sort of nice and refreshing in a way because I think these days a lot of movies are very like clearly black and white and the good guys always win and 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 I th- and so there was something really kind of nice about the ambiguity and uh I mean I guess I wouldn't say it's it's not really ambiguous this movie actually I think it takes a pretty firm sort of perspective on things but Yeah I would say this movie is pretty similar actually the the thing that I thought it was most similar to was not uh, in our World War 1 set but it was actually Das Boot Yes I thought that it was uh, it, it's not as good as that film, but it it feels like a very similar sort of story. They are both yes. based on novels, coincidentally. Yeah. Well, and then they're both about about like a, a group of men receiving an order that from from higher ups that is like it's kind of clearly morally wrong. It's like uh, a suicidal mission. It's it's very much uh, it's it very much draws a. a a clear line between like you know soldiers are are human and the brass is not in a way like it kind of feels like the the, yeah. the brass is kind of in, like, inhumane at least yeah if not and inhuman. I feel like Paths of Glory um, actually explores that much more than yes. Das Boat like Das Boat's not really about that 
Um, it's about the downstream effects of that, exactly. but not about how that happens. Right, right, and this is much more about that specific thing. Like, yes. this is a movie about the the sort of, like, relationship between superiors and the men that they're ordering. And the main, they choose a main character specifically who is in between the two. Yes, Which yes. is why it's much more exploratory of those themes because he's there on both sides of of the coin really he's he's there on both sides of the issue yeah uh or i should say both sides of the class right it's true but he's he's obviously very clearly like on one side of it right like kirk douglas's character is is 100 percent on the side of the men not on the side of the the but he but he exists in both worlds so you see both of them between both worlds whereas in das boat the captain is pretty much just the captain of the submarine and he never really there's never really a time when he's engaged in politics or other things we don't see any of that yeah so the like the the linchpin character like the one who's you know uh, Mm -hmm. sort of followed the most close or, or the most the one who is followed most closely in Das Boat would either be like the captain or the journalist, the yeah. war, you know, and they are just never shown in that environment. So we never really see the reasoning behind or like or the machinations behind what happens. Mm-hmm. We do get that same disdain. So, yes. for example, both Das Boat and this movie feature a sort of like gala almost, mm-hmm. not exactly in Das Boat, but it's, you know, that big spread. It's, it's, like on a the, symb- it's sort of like the best symbol of the disconnect, yes. right? Of, yes. the, of the different experience that the, yes. the two groups of people are having, yeah. Um, so they both kind of show a unflattering picture of the other side, but in Das Boat, it's never investigated as to how it's working. Whereas in this film, there's a pretty clear, like, they actually have well-developed characters in the political sphere and they show pretty much exactly why they were doing what they were doing. So it's not ambiguous at all as to why things have gone the way that they've gone. Yeah. And there's some interesting stuff going on with... um like so, the uh, is he the general? Who's the guy? The guy with the the scar and the the go, the little like pointy. Uh... I want to say those are both generals. Okay. So both he and his superior, I thought, were both generals. Okay. Like I wasn't clear on what the his superior actually was. Yeah. But I felt like I uh, it was the other guy was referred to as a general multiple times. Okay. I thought. Well, in any the case, the, the, the sort of the scar, the, the guy, guy with the scar, is yeah. presented as the main sort of villain. I yes. would say. Um, and they're doing some things with him that I thought were kind of interesting. Um, the way he's always talking about how he's a soldier. He's been a soldier his whole yeah. life, right? But then he has this, like, inhuman sort of lack of empathy or or a perspective that someone of, of war that I think someone could only have if they've never really been in combat. You know, the idea that the, the sort of, like, disconnect... Um, yeah, but it was interesting that he 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 his view of himself is so different than than what he is kind of like the way he talks about himself is as though he is a soldier. I also don't really know because I'm not very familiar with the time period. I feel like World War One being such a dramatic uh, change mm-hmm. in how wars are fought. Right. Yeah. Would kind of imply to me and I don't know if this was part of it because it's not really discussed, but someone who was quote-unquote a soldier prior to World War I, who is then in a leadership position in World War mm-hmm. I, 
I could pretty easily see there being a massive disconnect. Somebody who is used to the kind of war where like a bunch of columns kind of march around and vaguely shoot at each other for a little while who then goes into trench warfare, those are very different... That's a good point, yeah. Uh, ...things. Not to say that, you know, war before World War One was somehow fun and enjoyable, but, I mean, it is, you know, historically the case that people went out with a picnic to watch the beginning of, like, our Revolutionary War. As bizarre as that sounds today, yeah. nobody would have a picnic at the beginning of any war that's been in the well, last World, hundred yeah, years. World War right? One is always sort of considered, I think, the 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 war where war changed, mm-hmm. right? And and the people who enthusiastically sort of went off to fight that war pretty quickly realized it was a very different thing than because the weapons are just so much more like yeah. powerful and the strategies are more you know accurate to like winning in a brutal way at that point that I feel like. I could see that being part of the backstory for this movie. It, it's not discussed, but I kind of was wondering that when I was watching. That's it's an like, interesting thought. Is yeah. this somebody because he was? It, it, it looked like he was older. Yes. And if you're a general by the point of World War One, presumably you didn't get there by starting out being a trench, like a guy who was digging trenches, right? right? Yeah. So there's not enough time in the war to get promoted, presumably, to that position. So I just was kind of wondering if maybe that was part of it. Like these brass are out of touch because they're just not understanding not, what war yeah. is like now. Yeah, they're not part, they're not like with the times, which I, I mean, yeah. I could totally believe. Um, but there's also. There, yeah, there seems to be this, like, lack of humanity on his part. I mean, even some, to say something like, your men died well, right, yeah. is, like, there's just something so strange about that and, like, inhuman, weirdly, it, or or from a different time, maybe is is true, too. Like, well, that's what I was sort of thinking, yeah. like, if, if people didn't, you know, war goes through probably cycles of barbarism, like, how brutal our wars is probably, like, a... It's not a constant mm-hmm. in history, right? Like, and so if your experience with war makes you think that you understand what people are going through, but actually your experience with war is not nearly as severe or as brutal as theirs mm-hmm. is, it might lead you to have these sort of delusions that you are, yeah. that they are just being cowardly, but actually you've never yeah, seen what it, they've seen. Yeah, which is, it, it right? seemed like, I mean, even the fact that, you know, like er, early on he's walking through the trench and there's a guy who's like shell shocked. And yeah. he sees it, but he, you know, and yeah. he's, but he's like, that's not a real thing. Yeah, like, yeah. You're a coward, you know? And it's like, so. it does seem like, yeah, this is just a guy who's never seen this sort of combat or, or never participated in this sort of combat. Yeah. So I don't know. And it was a little confusing in general, the movie, because, pun intended, in general. I was a little confused in the movie partially because I lacked historical context for it. Um I just don't know very much about the French military. Yeah. I mean, I know they're the butt of literally all jokes, like always. I mean, I think uh, John Cleese famously said, like, you know, why did the French have a civil war? Because they wanted to win once. (laughs) Um, Uh, Right? Like, so I know that the French military is, is often the butt of other people's jokes, but I actually don't know anything about the real French military. Like, what were their wars like? Uh, like like how what was their situation like in World Wars one and two? I really just don't have the context there. So I was, I was wondering a lot of the times, is this an accurate depiction of the French military? 
because I didn't know, like, it was odd to me that their court martial sounded like a British legal derivative, like, with people objecting to things the counselor said and stuff. And I was wondering, like, is this actually... Do the is the French military really just an exact same version as a British military, as an American military, which came from the British military, and so on? I mean, on? I, I don't really feel like that matters that much to the movie, though, does it? Well, it doesn't necessarily matter to the movie in the abstract, but I was just wondering about that the whole time. I was like, is this a movie that's actually about the French military, or is it sort of a hybrid story about it takes place in the French military, but was actually written as if it was a British, like, so I didn't know those things. I didn't know, like, I was, like, very much kind of just sitting there going, I don't really know what yeah, this, I, what I'm watching exactly. I, I'm just not sure that context makes a huge difference in the end because it's very clear at all times what's going on, right? I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't find it to be confusing um, what the sequence of events were or anything or what people's sort of, like, relationships were. And and the, in terms of what the story, the story is sort of fundamentally exploring. Um, I don't think that context is necessary. It mattered a bit for me because there were a number of things underlying the events that are hard to understand out of context, right? So, for example, if you are... I mean, even just the concept of what is a military tribunal in that sense or a court-martial, I don't know what to expect So, for example, in an American legal tradition, we do expect that a that you would have a, you know, relatively fair hearing, but not that good in a military. Like you don't really have as good of rights in a military court martial as you do in in an actual court. Right. And the fact that you're entitled to such a thing at all is not something that would necessarily be the case in a lot of militaries. So I just, I didn't know, for example, Kirk Douglas gives this very impassioned speech about stuff, but I didn't know if that really made sense in a French military context. And it was kind of challenging for me in this movie, um, not the movie's fault at all, but just, I found myself kind of confused about what to expect. Was Kirk Douglas the person who was expecting the correct things from this military tribunal? or What do you mean by the correct things? Meaning, if you were... So, for example, let's suppose that a similar thing happened in Das Boot. It would be very unusual for someone to get up in front of a, you know, Nazi tribunal and demand that their troops not be treated that way. Like, like that would just be a very strange thing for me. So I'm like, I don't think of that army as being a paragon of fairness or whatever. So in this particular one, you know, I didn't know if in the French military of that era, it would have been considered a travesty of justice to not have those troops be given a fair trial. I just didn't know. I mean, I think, right? I, I, for me, I think, I, I'm not sure that matter what to expect necessarily matters like because to me the feeling you get is that it's not fair right like as a viewer you 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 feel like these men are not getting a fair trial right and i think that's the more important thing whether or not that's what would have happened or his historically accurate right what this story is trying to show is is the is the unfairness of it right i mean again it's 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 showing the unfairness of it, but I'm not sure how I'm supposed to take 
I'm not sure how I'm supposed to contextualize those events. I had a, I had trouble with that. And it's not, like I said, I wouldn't necessarily blame the movie for it because maybe I should just be familiar with French military code and but all these I, sorts I, of I things. I still don't but. understand. I don't think you need to be familiar with French military code to get this movie. Like, right? I mean, I think you, everyone's familiar enough with the basics of like a trial and they can sense when it's unfair, right? When you feel it's unfair. The movie is definitely portraying it as unfair to these men, right? And I think that's sort of the point. Like, that's that's the thing that I think the movie is communicating. And that's, you know, that's all you really need to feel, right? I mean, I guess. But again, it's not really. So, for example, the movie portrays this situation as being a unique and unusual abridgment of justice. Meaning... If I was to take the movie at face value, my understanding that I came away with was that 99% of the time, soldiers in the French military would have been given a very fair and... Why would you get that because of the Because of Kirk Douglas's shock and surprise that he was unable to enter evidence into a record about the soldier's behavior. But that is a very modern judicial concept that I didn't know if it was part of the... Well, but we know that he was a lawyer, right? We know that he's a lawyer from before, outside of the war, from the real world, right? And so he probably comes into this with expectations, certain expectations of of how it's supposed to work, right? Like how justice is supposed to happen. That's why I'm saying it was difficult for me. the military system is obviously not working in the same way with the same fairness, right? Like... But I don't know, right? Like, that's the thing is... But in the world of the movie, that's true. I don't know even in the world of the movie. My guess, what, in other words, I don't know whether in the world of this movie, this trial is a, is a uh, like, a unusual thing, whereas it was, like, the military normally provides very fi- fair trials, and in this case, they're not. I would, I mean, or I... Or the opposite of that, yeah. which is that... All the trials that the military provided at that time in France were complete shams if they provided them at all. And this was just par for the course. I mean, I'm not sure that particular question is that necessary. Is that important to this story either? Uh, But I get the impression that, I mean, you get, at least for me, you get the impression that the military in general is not fair to to the soldiers. I mean, like, because it's not just this one general who's like messed up, right? It seems to be all of the people in charge have different levels of like not being great, right? Well, so it's like yeah. you get the you definitely just get the feeling throughout this film that the people in charge are disconnected from the men at the front. And that's sort of the feeling you get. You know, and and whether or not that's actually historically true is probably varied, right? It probably there were probably men in charge, generals who were very excellent and had a good sense of what was going on, and some that didn't. But I think the the, the what this movie is trying to show is is it's trying to tell a story about that disconnect, that disconnect in their relationship between. Like, when it goes bad, right? Like, when it's bad, what is it like? And so I, yeah. I'm just not sure, a br- like, a bigger context. It's, it's a, At the end of the day, this is a pretty small-scale story about one group of soldiers and their 
immediate sort of uh, higher ups, right? Well, and so it's like, yeah, I, I don't, I didn't, I don't find myself like asking que- bigger questions about the entire military structure, or whatever, because the story is not asking you to do that. It's not about it, that. It's a much smaller, more intimate sort of exploration. I disagree. So, so I disagree with that. I, I had a number of problems with like the way that the story is set up that all specifically revolve around that, which is why I was okay. bringing it up. Um, and like I said, maybe you're just supposed to know all of this stuff, but even if you are, I think it probably wasn't structured that well. So, yeah, it's mentioned in passing that the dude was a lawyer, but we never see any of that. Like, it's not like there are flashbacks that show him doing lawyer things. It's not like there's any kind of monologue where he talks to someone, which, by the way, would have helped a lot, where he talks to someone about his opinions about this, like, this legal proceedings. Why would that? I think that... I, I I would definitely not have liked that. That would have feel that would feel a bit too like heavy handed or something to me. I don't think so at all. I mean, there's a lot of these kind of things in this movie. In fact, there's a there's an entire scene where someone's just talking about whether people fear death or fear pain that goes on for like five minutes. Like it's that kind of movie. That's all there is in this movie is people having those kinds of discussions, really. Well, see, it's, it's a talkie movie. It's kind yeah. of like, it feels like a play. Yeah, so they easily could have had an exchange, multiple exchanges between him and other people about, you know, what is justice and is it important? I mean, like, I, I think that would have helped a lot. The reason I say that is because, again, the movie is, is tr- you know, doing, I think, a very good job of showing sort of the the situation with the troops. But then it kind of, I think, falls down when it gets to the, like, bigger picture stuff. We have this big trial and there's a lot of, like, you know, it's sort of a, a 10-minute scene of, of trial stuff happening. There's him going to his superior officers and they have sort of an exchange that's that's not particularly friendly in the context of a party and stuff. Those things just, again, I lacked context even in the movie for what was actually really happening there. I didn't even know, I just didn't know when Kirk Douglas, for example, went to that superior and talked to him, I didn't know what he was expecting or why. Like, it it seemed to me like he thought the military was very fair. Because otherwise, I'm not sure why he was going to that guy to talk to him in the first place. But then it seems like the actual punchline at the end of the movie is Kirk Douglas realizing, oh, the military is not fair. I always thought it was. Sure. And that and that just doesn't – it doesn't come across in this movie why he would think that unless this trial was uniquely strange or he somehow didn't know that. It just – I just felt like that part was very messy to me, and I didn't understand why this character, who seemed to have no reason to think so, was expecting a tremendous amount of fairness from the French military. I just didn't understand I mean, it. I guess that was definitely not a struggle for me, mm. because I think it's kind of a movie about about that sort of disillusionment, right? About, I mean, from the very first moment, he's sort of told what the mission is, right? And he's like, well, that's crazy. Like, I can't, we can't do that, Right. Like I think it's a it's a it's a movie about the sort of like collapse of his uh, his sort of faith in the whole system, right? No, I mean that's I think that's where we part ways. I didn't get the sense he ever had any faith in it, and that's well, why I, it was so I, confusing yeah. to me because I basically was it was like watching Das Boot to me 
in the sense that, like in Das Boot, they start out with no confidence in the Nazi chain of command and end with, if anything, even less. There are some characters who are new, like the the foreign correspondent guy or the whatever. He's not foreign journalist, correspondent. The yeah. journalist guy. He, like, because he's never been out there, you see him go through it and that's great. But that all feels very consistent because you see those things in that movie. There's people who are already know that this is a sham and that the, you know, that their command, that their higher command are just basically bad people uh, asking them to do bad things and suicidal things. And you see someone who comes in fresh face to it and realizes that that's not true. Um, you get that whole perspective. And I thought that worked fantastic. In this movie, I just don't know... My understanding of where the characters started is exactly where they end. And so it doesn't feel I never got the sense that I was seeing much of a progression other than just, hey, I started off thinking this was kind of ridiculous and and it was. And to me, that just wasn't that satisfying to watch. I mean, maybe, but I do think t- at least I-, I got the impression that earlier on when he was like asking to represent the guys and stuff, I got I kind of got the sense that he thought that he could win this. I did not get that really? sense at all. I, I sort of felt like he um, was like, all right, like, I think I can, this seems like it'll be easy, right? Like, these men are are extremely, like, sympathetic, right? And and what happened to them? I mean, he was there, right? He witnessed it happen. So he, he, you know, I think from his perspective, he feels like, you know, we were asked to do something ridiculous. These men didn't show cowardice. Like, I, I think it'll be easy to prove it. And then in the trial, he just gets, like, shot down again and again. Like, everything he had sort of planned to show that these men are, you know, everything from like, oh, look at the medals for bravery that this one's had, or I want to call in a character witness, and they're just like shooting him down. Like, you can't do that. You can't do that, right? And I think it's, I think, I, I think he was, it seemed to me like he was a little bit sideswiped by like the unfairness of the trial. Um, like that definitely came across to me. Like he, he I think he came in with more of an optimism that I think by the end he was like, oh, these guys are screwed. I mean, um, I could totally believe that that was the intention of the story. I just didn't get it. Meaning like his and maybe this is just the way Kirk Douglas was portraying the character didn't work for me or something because I just found him incredulous the entire time. It, right from the very be- first scene he's in, he feels like he doesn't believe the high command at all. Well, and he definitely I mean, he definitely so, doesn't when he gets that when he gets that. Yeah, the order he he his first reaction is like, well, we can't do that, right? Like, I mean, he obviously and so I just and the entire time he felt like he had the exact same sort of posture towards him, which is these people are ridiculous and they're unfair and unwise and all the and it. So I just didn't I didn't feel like it was a story about someone who gets disillusioned with. Well, I guess you know I, I, I just didn't I, I feel that of, way. To I me. kind of agree. The story is not about Kirk Douglas's character, right? It's not about any specific character. Right. Like, I mean, I I agree that it's like it's not a strong like, oh, this character has a big arc kind of movie because I think it's trying to say something about it's it, the movie is making a bigger statement than just like, look at this character. So, I, I mean, I guess I agree that it's definitely not a movie about the disillusionment of Kirk Douglas or something like that's right. not what the movie's about at all. OK. Um, but I do think I, I do think just from the perspective of like the trial and the, the feeling of unfairness that the viewer gets, it's because of that, right? I think it's a little bit because of you come in and much like, I th- I mean, maybe maybe Kirk Douglas's character didn't come in with this, but I kind of okay. got the impression he did because he had prepared sort of like a legal defense for these guys and was unable to successfully sort of like defend them. Um, 
And I, I think, you know, the viewer, at least I certainly gets got an impression that this was unfair. And I think Kirk Douglas, that was certainly what I felt from that character, too, um, that he felt it was unfair. Well, you certainly. But I mean, again, I just don't know. I don't really my my broader sort of feeling on the movie was it just kind of didn't go anywhere for me. That was my general feeling on the movie. Like I, I had trouble latching on to a real like story in it for some reason. It felt like kind of a inevitable sequence of events that I wasn't super interested in for whatever reason. Hmm. It started off much stronger to me. Um, I liked the beginning of the movie because things were sort of set up to be interesting. Uh, I liked the little patrol that goes out and one of the guys like uh, freaks out and ends up killing uh, his squad I do think the movie's mate. kind of fun too because it, uh, it, <clears throat> it, it sets up the three guys who are going to be at the end. Like it kind of introduces you to them first, which is kind of nice too. Yeah, and so I thought like there was some good parts. I, I didn't like hate the film or anything. But then like I just... Because it becomes about so much, it becomes more about the larger machinations of yes. the military. Yeah, yeah. But those are just not nothing. I don't really understand that part of the plot. It didn't really do anything for me. It felt like a foregone conclusion. I don't know why anyone would think that there was going to be a fair trial if you're randomly picking soldiers to be executed. It's a nonsense idea. How do you even have a trial of someone picked at random? That's not... This is why I say, like, it's very hard for me to get my head around what's supposed to be happening because I don't know why anyone thinks they're even doing a real court case if your defendants are randomly selected. That doesn't exist as a thing. So it's just weird for me going into this. I'm like, what? Like, this is obviously a sham trial. I I don't really understand. I mean, yeah, that kind of makes the point in a way, but... You know, we're spending 10 minutes on the actual trial. I, I don't know why. Look, we all know this isn't a real trial. You can't you can't try someone picked at random. It's it doesn't even make yeah. sense, right? So why and that never really goes anywhere for the most part. I don't know. I just so there was a lot I mean, of stuff I, happening yeah, that seemed it seemed like it was putting drama like as if there was going to be some kind of a courtroom drama as this was a linchpin and it happens in a fairly prominent point uh, yeah. in the movie. It's just like it doesn't it wasn't really I didn't understand that. It I definitely make didn't sense, have so. that feeling about it because like at least for me, I kept having, you know, I think you, you always want the things to be fair. Like you want there to be you want Kirk Douglas to suddenly say something that will make a difference. Right. Like so as a viewer, you're like you, you keep waiting for that thing to happen that's going to rescue these men. And, like, even up until the very moment when they're shot, like, for me, I'm, like, still, there's, like, a part of me that's, like, something can happen. Uh. Like, he told that guy, like, you know, you're you're waiting for that because you, you, it's, like, it's what they deserve, right? Like, they don't deserve this. And then they just get killed. And it's just, like, it was pretty brutal. Like, I was, like, oh, dang. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I feel, so I definitely didn't have the response that you're having. Like, I definitely, you know you feel the unfairness the whole time and you're just like, you're hoping that something will change and it never does. Right. And, and then I think when the end that after that, it kind of just, you have this ending with the, with the singing, uh, which is your favorite thing. Yeah, I wrote thing. that down. I'm sure you did. Um, but I just felt like that, that ending was really interesting. Um, and it, cause you know, it's, 
there's no res- resolution to this situation, right? Like, there's no happy ending. There's no way to tie it up nicely in a bow. Um, and I thought the ending was, like, pretty effective at, like, giving you this sort of feeling of um, without any words, uh, you know, um, just with, the, you know, these men and this this singing. And, like, I don't know. I just thought it was really pretty well done. I I did like part of the ending. The singing obviously was not it. Yeah, but um, this is a movie. But, the singing wasn't supposed to be like you weren't really supposed to be like listening to the singing and like oh it's beautiful singing, right? It was the scene was totally about something else, and so I would assume that you were better, you were more okay with it because it wasn't really about the singing. Yeah, I mean it was better than it was in say nineteen seventeen, if that's what you mean. Yeah. Yes. Um, however, I'd I'd like to just like put that behind us. I did like one aspect of the ending a lot. Okay. Uh, which was probably my favorite part of the film, which is I really liked the fact that the the sort of punchline for the brass was they interpreted what Kirk Douglas was doing as just his way of trying to get a promotion. Yes. Because that's the only way they like understand yes, yes. people's behavior like yep. they can't understand someone might do something out of like because they wanted to see the men actually get free exactly. or whatever the, the lack of humanity right? of the of yes. the higher ups the lack of empathy and humanity is like consistent throughout the whole movie <laughs> yes i would say it it felt that part felt it maybe it's a little caricaturish but it felt like a good caricature like a like a f- fun a creative, fun way of simplifying sort of the the horror of politicians, which yeah. can, anyone can relate to because we have them today, uh, mm-hmm. and they're exactly the same, yeah. right? They don't seem to have any awareness of, like, what they're actually doing. They're just kind of, to them, everything is, their brain works on just assuming everyone is jockeying for power. They, they don't have any other way to understand, like, someone's, something's doing, and that felt uh, like a pretty clever way to do that in the writing mm-hmm. to show that happening. Cause it's kind yeah. of a hard thing to convey that sort of uh, yeah. aristocratic mindset. Yeah. Well, I think it was interesting too, because you know, Kirk, Lo- Tur- Kirk Douglas tells that the, the guy at the party, right. He tells him about what the um, scar <laughs> general with the scar uh, did before the men are to going to be shot right like yeah. it's his attempt to like yeah. save the men and yeah this this general did not interpret it that way at all um so and it's 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 like it's just pretty interesting yeah so to me uh if i had to summarize sort of the part I, the parts i struggle with this movie is the better version of this movie for me is the one that doesn't have the court case um, if that makes sense. Just trying to, like, again, say what I struggled with in the movie. Meaning, I liked the part before and the part after. Mm-hmm. And if the men had just been, were just going to be executed, there wasn't going to be a trial, this movie feels a lot more coherent to me. Okay. The trial part and the machinations around it just didn't quite work for me. And again, it was because I didn't really know why anyone was taking it seriously, including Kirk Douglas. Um, And it felt like it wanted me to take it seriously and I just couldn't get there because I'm like, I just didn't know. 
like like I just I don't know. It felt very sort of Kafka esque in a way, in that if it was being portrayed like an American courtroom drama to me, but it was set up like a Kafka esque drama where nobody believes that this is actually going to be a trial where anything that you say matters, right? Right, right, and right. And that dichotomy... Yeah, the ending is predetermined, right? Yes, and that dichotomy, that part just... I couldn't It's weird because reconcile I feel, It's interesting because I totally feel like you're interpreting it exactly correctly. Like, that's also how I felt about it, right? It's like, Kirk Douglas's character is sort of like an audience... Like, he's the closest thing to the audience, probably, right? Where you come in with this idea about courts and justice and like, okay, we, we you know, we're going to defend these men or whatever. Um, but that system that they're walking into has already decided that these men are going to get shot. Right. And so I think that's sort of the point. I don't know. Like, I think, I think the feelings you're having are, are sort of the same ones I'm having, but I don't see them as like a problem or a bad thing. Well, it's kind of hard to know, you know, when you watch a movie, it's not necessarily clear what you do or don't like about it. it yeah. In, one of the hard parts of talking about a movie sure. yeah. is you're trying to like dig into like okay what worked for me what didn't about yeah. this film so you know it's entirely possible that I can't put my finger on it right sure sure but I'm just trying to highlight scenes that had information for me and scenes that didn't right and the way I would think about it is the whole court part of this was not really it rich wasn't interesting, right? Like like that, it spent a long time telling me something I already knew and nothing interesting happened that entire time. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know because to me it was like every time that Kirk Douglas gets like shot down trying to defend these men, like that is important. I mean, I don't know. That's, for me, it's like you want, you want it to be fair and it keeps not being fair. And that's, that's like relevant <laughs> To I didn't, the movie, right? I didn't see how, I guess is how I would say. Okay. It, it, because, again, I, I, I can't emphasize enough that I don't understand the concept of defending a randomly selected defendant. It's not a thing, right? Like, in other words, the instant you tell me that this is a randomly picked person, then I, I don't know why anyone would need to watch that trial. It's not surprising. Like, like it's not unfair anymore after that it's just ridiculous right because you can't defend a randomly picked person the fact that they were randomly picked is all the defense you would ever need if it was fair so it doesn't it's just kind of belaboring a point that we didn't even need to set foot in the courtroom to know so to me it just didn't it was just a lot of not very interesting stuff happening yeah, I guess I just didn't feel that so, way about it. I definitely yeah. I definitely did not have that experience watching the courtroom part of it. Um, and I also didn't feel the courtroom part really didn't go on that long either. It was not it was not like It wasn't too long, no. It wasn't like the, you know, the main bulk of the film. But it was kind of a linchpin. There was, it was a the lot climax, of stuff around it. I would say it's the climax it. sort of of the film. I w- and we a spend way. a lot of time building up to it yeah, and yeah. we talk a lot about it both before and after and just, you know. So to me it's just like that part didn't work. It just didn't work. It, there needed to be either a legitimate feeling for me going into the court case that they might win, which just seemed ludicrous. Well, because like, yeah, for me going into it, I had no idea. I was like, I, in fact, I was like, yeah, he, I bet he's going to, I bet he can. This is, this is so unfair. 
it should be easy for him to prove okay. that it's unfair. Maybe like, that was the difference then. Because to me, I'm just like, if you're convening a court martial with randomly selected people, then I'm just like, I, I mean, that's not... It, 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 it's a joke. It's a Kafkaesque uh, mockery at that point, right? So you know that. But I mean, yeah, because I think for me, it's, it's like sham, right? that same shamness of it. Like, the, I, you know, obviously, I you know, I interpret that as the the same thing. Like, this is obviously stupid and yeah. unfair. But in my mind, and maybe Kirk Douglas is too. I don't know. Uh, is that well? Then this this should be easy to to prove that this is unfair because it's obviously unfair. Right. And so I think that was, you know, and then and then you pretty quickly realize that that no one in that room is interested in any fairness. So, uh, yeah, I mean, one way I would say it is that, like, that's the part I think if if somehow I had thought that there was going to be an actual trial and it slowly came out that the fix was in, that would have probably worked better for me because then I would. Well, that, and that's certainly more the experience okay. I had. Yeah. I mean, so in order for that to work for me, these would have not would have had to have been not randomly selected people, for example, right? You would have had to have actually had some way in which these people were being actually blamed for this thing, meaning they were not told randomly to pick some random person. Well, I mean, they were they were random, but they weren't random. I mean, they were all part of the same group of men who didn't, you know, who who retreated. So it's like. Yes, but I mean, they were not selected for any particular. They were not being selected for prosecution individually. So if they had been, no, then, they're just representatives of their entire. Yeah, group. which doesn't make any sense, right? Um, you know, so I think if if there had been some kind of a a idea that this it, it, again, I think it could have gone either way for me, and I would have been more into it. Either you make me believe this is going to be a legitimate trial and it slowly turns out it's not, then I would have been invested in the story at that point. Or you just get rid of that part. Like, yeah, there's a trial. We don't we all know it's going to be a sham and we don't spend a lot of time dwelling on that fact. That would have worked for me, too. You just. Yeah. But 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 the in-between of this is sort of pretending to be a courtroom drama, but it's really not. That part didn't. That whole part didn't work for me. Yeah, no, I guess this is probably where then where we're we're definitely disagreeing because yes. I I came in thinking that there was definitely a chance that yeah. they would be this is because it's obviously ridiculous. You're like this is ridiculous. Should be easy to get them out of this, right? And then yeah, you're like oh well, nobody's interested in uh, in fairness. So yeah, yeah, I think that it probably depends on and I don't know I don't know which is the more common way to like that that viewers like go I mean, into neither. that scene. I don't know. Um, Movie Club can tell us. Sure, how you yeah. guys felt about this. I, it'll be interesting to see what other, how other people took it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't other know. Other comments I have about this movie separate from that, I like the fact that they were just like, look, we're not doing accents. Yes. Everyone's yeah. just talking. Because I feel like if everyone had tried to do a French accent or something, this would have been a disaster. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm glad that like British actors just were British and American actors were just American and there wasn't like... Yes, yep, yep, They yep. were just like, hey, that guy's name is Arnaud. <laughs> yeah. So like, he's French, right? It reminds me of like a, you know, Les Mis or something, the way it is currently performed where everyone's kind of has British accents for some reason. So uh, I like the fact that they didn't do that because I feel like that would have been a big mistake. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, you know, we talked about that actually with uh, with uh, um, Prince Faisal. And, well, and Hunt for Red October. <laughs> and Hunt for October. The language uh, stuff, yeah. Where like, you know, I wish Alec Guinness had just not. Um, so I like the fact that in this they just didn't. They were like, just give your best performance. That's yeah. fine. And that felt 
fine. Yeah, because um, you're you're all you 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 know you just accept this is the French military and that's the yeah you they're don't not think speaking about, French, yeah. so who cares, right? Uh, and so I felt like that was a good choice and probably led to a much more convincing yeah. performances from everybody. Yeah. I also um, I I uh, yeah, and talking about other things that are not story, I thought this movie was really well shot. I mean, it's Stanley Kubrick, so yeah. he loves yep. Stanley Kubrick loves like a big white room. Loves a big white room. He loves he? fancy furniture too. Fancy furniture and a yeah, big yeah. white room. Yeah. Um, like that courtroom scene was really nicely shot. Um, All of those scenes were well shot, but even when he was outside of that, mm-hmm. like there were some really nice shots in like the bunker yep, looking out yep, with like yep. a brightly lit door and they had some yep. really yep. Uh, good framing. They uh, did some nice face close ups. Just a lot of stuff that you would take for granted, but I imagine was not super common when this film was shot. Yeah, and it's like, you know, um, Stanley Kubrick went on to make much more impressive movies visually. Yeah. Um, but you can see the beginnings of it. But you can totally see, yeah, like, what he had this thing. He yeah. had a little bit of this, like, spark that... that A natural eye for composition yes, or exactly, something, yeah. right? Yep, yep. Uh, where even when he's shooting in black and white and hasn't fully developed it all yet and whatever, I mean, it's he must still have been pretty young when right. he was... I don't know how old he was when he made this, yeah. but he was probably pretty young, so... Also, like, uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting about it, probably, again, uh, just because there wasn't really much in the way of special effects at the time. Mm-hmm. Although the sound effects, sound in this movie is terrible uh, because probably it was very limited what they had to work with. Mm-hmm. The visuals hold up a lot better than, say, even 1917. There's a, There are basically almost identical shots in this yeah. and 1917 yeah. where there's like people coming out, a whole like group of people coming out of a trench. Yes. Right? Yep. And in 1917, there's a shot where a guy is running f- towards the camera mm-hmm. while all of these other guys are running yep. forward. Yep. That shot looked horrible in 1917. The guy looked like pasted in to me. It was very bad. I, I really strongly mm-hmm. disliked that shot. I never saw a shot like that in this film. Mm-hmm. Everything looked like it was really there and actually happening. And although the sound was terrible, the visuals were not. So, again, old filmmaking seems to capture a certain realism that is just completely lost nowadays, even in, you know, quote unquote, good examples of some of this stuff. I just, it just feels grounded. It feels like you're in a real trench. It feels like it was a real thing. I don't know why. Probably because there's less CG or I don't know what, but it just yeah never had that problem throughout the entire film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might be to- like shot choices too, like how you choose to frame stuff. You it can very well maybe you know because that I, the shot you're talking about in 1917 is like it's trying to give you this big sense of scale, right? Yeah, but yeah, it's just it's obviously a, like a very large scene with lots of guys running in it, but it's like maybe not quite enough to like feel totally real. Um, whereas in this, in, in, in Paths of Glory, like there, I think, you, you know, he was shooting it in ways where you couldn't see like the whole background, right? There was a, like a lot of thought put into foreground, midground, background, sort of like, what are you seeing at any given time to give you a sense of like depth and things happening yeah. far away from you without having to show you like a thousand men, right? Yeah. But I also know. just looked like the guy was pasted in. Like it wasn't, the lighting was incoherent or I something. I definitely like don't think so. he was. I mean, I think that was shot there in person but it might well have been it just didn't look right for some reason and i noticed it very explicitly i was like that doesn't look coherent to me i'm really confused uh and so again 
I don't know why I seem to have that reaction to modern films. It could also be something as simple as in modern films they go too nuts with the color grading. In modern films, the there's a lot grading, of like yeah. people. You know, people will open up DaVinci Resolve and like mat out certain mm. people and adjust their. And it might be that like I'm just kind of don't like that or something. You know, I don't know. It's it's shot totally differently. So yeah, it's like hard to say what exactly the thing is that you're responding to. Yeah. So, uh, but again, given how old this movie is, mm-hmm. I just didn't have a problem with the visuals at all. Which I'm really is curious because cool. next week we're gonna watch uh, Gallipoli. Um, okay. And I'm really curious to see... Who's that? Who, Peter Weir. Oh. Master and Commander. Very interesting. So uh, I'm really curious to see how that... You know, because these were... World War One month, they have four movies that are pretty large-scale uh, in different ways, but with battles and fighting and armies. And, um, and so, yeah, like, I'll be really curious to see how our fourth and final movie uh, for this month, how, how that sort of, like, tackles... World War One sort of warfare. Um, I do think uh, it becomes clear at this point, even just three movies in yeah. of the four movies of World War One, it's obvious why Lawrence of Arabia is the best movie. And that is because it is the only one that doesn't feature any singing. Yeah, it does. It does feature singing. Where? So when they are leaving, when... when uh, Auda and like joins them and they're leaving for Aqaba and they're dr- riding in the giant group and then the women start like doing their oh, thing and then the that's men technically and then, singing and then that's the men a good point. all start singing yes wow so okay just to underscore how good of a movie Lawrence of Arabia is I did not flag that as singing it I mean, felt it's like definitely it was singing somehow it did it didn't trigger my thought oh they're singing in this movie David Lean is truly a master. <laughs> Yeah. I remember now the scene you're talking about. Yes. Didn't, it didn't strike me as there's a singing scene. Well, Never well, noticed it, was, it. It was definitely a singing scene. So anyway. David Lean. Master, master of filmmaking. Um, so I don't know that I have that much more to yeah. say about it. I, I didn't hate the film. I just didn't love the film. Uh, part of, I will say, I don't feel like this movie got a fair shot. Broadly speaking, because the stupid thing we oh, watched it yeah. on couldn't stream it. Voodoo is now officially not ever a it sponsor crapped, the bed. of it this movie the bed. podcast. Yeah. It kept like hiccuping. Uh, and we, we ended up having to switch to Amazon Prime to finish watching it. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. Like, yeah, true. cross them off the possible sponsored list permanently. It was not the best viewing experience when it, it yeah, every five, ten minutes it stops to buffer for like a minute. Uh, so, it was terrible. It was pretty rough, yeah. Uh, and I have no idea why, because there was nothing wrong with the bandwidth or any of that stuff. So, major two thumbs down on Voodoo. Uh, and, yeah, like, on the whole, I had, you know, some very minor comments. So, maybe I'll just close with those. Uh, there's a weird thing that happens, and I don't know what it is. I've seen this before in older films. Okay. And it's kind of rarer in modern films and I'm wondering if it's just like a a artifact of the production process in those days made this likely to happen. Okay. Uh, because editing was much harder. Nowadays everything's digital, it's trivial, right? Uh, but in the old days you had to manually cut the little cut film splice, with, yep. you know, with a little film cutter and all that. Uh, and one thing I noticed a lot in this movie is there were several scenes that fade out or cut out much earlier. Like it feels like 
Like it's literally fading out as someone is finishing a line of dialogue and it feels very odd to me. Like like the scene was cut uh, five seconds too early. Mm. And uh, I noticed that happened like probably five or six times mm. in this film. And I do think it's something that I've noticed that happens in older films. And, you know, it's not a huge deal, but it does bother me. Like it, it, Interesting. it, it feels like a hiccup in the movie to me there. And I don't know why that happens. I doubt... Uh, that was something the director was sitting there going like, yeah, perfect, right there. Uh, so it feels like almost it was like, oh, yeah, we didn't, the film got busted or we didn't have enough, we didn't shoot long enough on to do or whatever out, to yeah. actually have enough spots, so we just did what we could. It feels like it must be an artifact like that that we could just be. don't have nowadays because you can shoot, you always... C- c- catch an extra 30 seconds of film or something. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I would be interested to hear uh, if there was a film historian or somebody who could explain what that was. I would love to know what it was because it seems to happen on older films a lot more than newer films. But I did notice that and I didn't love it. Other than that, I had very few comments on the film in general other than just sort of the major kind of structural thing that didn't quite work for me. Um, on the whole, holds up great for a movie. It's age, though, is I looks guess what I close yeah. on. Looks great. Sound is terrible, but looks great. And you know, honestly, the story is pretty interesting still, even though I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's bet. It's still better love, than most modern stuff. I love so that first scene with the two general guys talking okay. to each other and how they keep saying each other's name. Okay, yeah, was yeah. so funny to me. Yeah, because it was that slimy like politician thing. Yes, yes. And so right off the bat, you get this impression of these guys that's like, yeah, like and it was just it was cracking me up. I can't was like, well, George. And like they just yeah, keep, yeah. every single literally every t- single time they started talking to the other one, they said their name somewhere in the sentence. And it was just like such a such a clear choice in the writing that was so effective. Well, um, everything was obviously dialed to 11 yeah, on yeah, the yeah, juxtaposition. Yeah. So like they're like they put them in like the most glamorous room. Yep, yep. yep. Um, and and they're like, oh well, you know, I haven't done much to it. Just moved in, really. You know, like fluffing the sheet. You know, kind of all that stuff. And uh, so it did seem like they were going yeah. way out of and their like, way well, to make a, like, a a really big yeah. juxtaposition, but it worked. Well, I think like Lawrence of Arabia did that a little bit, but it was more subtle. Much more subtle. Um, but yeah. definitely was trying to portray that sort of the difference between. Totally good about the squash card. Yeah, you know, and like just the 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 difference between the the men out in the in the in the fight versus the people out, you know, in, in charge of it. Um, but yeah, Lawrence was, while that was obviously a part of the movie, um, it was a lot more subtle. I also think, uh, for oddly enough, which is kind of strange, but if I had to contrast this movie with 1917, I would actually say that this movie felt a lot more like I felt a much greater understanding for the troubles of the soldiers in this movie than in 1917, Mm. which ostensibly I am in a giant wonder following someone in the actual war, just didn't ever really get that connection. In this movie, I actually felt really bad for the people in the trenches and I felt like their life was really miserable and it came across a lot more. For whatever Mm. reason, uh, this film just captured it better. Uh, So... Like I said, really liked the beginning of this movie and the portrayal of life in the trenches just felt more somehow viscerally depressing to me in this film. Mm, okay, yeah. Um, and I know that's probably weird, but it just it just was able to do it perhaps because it did that dialed to 11 juxtaposition. They started off in a palace mm-hmm. and then 10 minutes later you're in this like hellhole. I think maybe that's 
a really smart choice. And 1917 never had anything like that. Yeah, I'm not sure I you totally know? agree so I with know. you on that. Well, I do think this movie, absolutely, the the sort of bleak situation um, of the, I, the I troops are in comes through. But yeah. I do think, you know, 1917, some of the stuff they do with the trenches in No Man's Land, how it grow, it's just disgusting and barbed wire and like the water there's just like a this like visceralness to it that i don't think this yeah. movie quite has although it i mean they're very i would say visually in some ways they're the sets and stuff are very similar feeling. some of the shots were even similar when the yes, when the patrol I, goes out it's the yeah, same as when the I guys the, it looked so similar i had the same thought i yeah. was like i don't i mean i don't know how much variation you're gonna get and how this stuff looks just Probably. because it's like world war one look you know the trench warfare of world war one looked it's a like, certain way and if you're looking at Mars photos and escape, yeah yeah um but i do think like 1917 had this real like gross visceralness that i thought was super effective um that this movie was less focused on. It didn't have the rats and the getting cut on the barbed wire and the, it, you know, it was it was a lot less <coughs> gross. Um, you didn't see the, yeah. the, the the dead bodies and the, you know what I mean? Um, so I think my problem, though, I totally agree with that. It's just all that stuff fell flat for me in 1917 because I didn't feel like I knew anybody. In this movie, I think the success there is I felt like I knew these guys, right? Interesting. Like, like in 1917, there's just it's just a dude kind of wandering through this stuff, and I never really know who he is. I don't understand him or any of that stuff. But how do you, these guys don't have any more development than those guys? Do. They do to me. Like they That's have weird. things like like even just in the beginning of this movie, there's this whole thing about like oh these two guys went to school together and he maybe doesn't like him, and then it's like well they go out in this mission together, and this one guy freaks out, and he just like. There's none of that in 1917. It doesn't it doesn't create intercharacter stuff in that way that like I can really latch onto. And so for whatever reason that whole beginning part of this movie really like put me in their shoes for whatever reason in a way that 1917 hmm. failed to do despite following one that's, guy for literally 2 hours. That's actually interesting. I almost felt the opposite interesting. where I felt like less you know, like the three guys who are on trial, uh, for the most part, the only one I did feel like I kind of cared about was the guy who um, we do see in that first, like, uh, the part where they go out into the no man's yeah. land, right? Like, that that guy, and I think his acting was better, too, like, of the three. Yeah, um, yeah. That's the only guy who was on trial who I felt like I cared about at all. I didn't really feel like I cared at all about any of the soldiers in this one. Um, whereas I did, I did sort of in 1917. I would say that by that point in the movie, I didn't care much about anything because, like I said, the movie kind of lost me at that point, somewhere in the midpoint. But I'm just talking about exclusively in the beginning part. Okay. So in the first half hour of this film, I really cared about the characters. Like I was invested hmm. in what was going to happen to them. Okay. The hour, the remaining hour and 20 minutes it turned out that the things that were going to happen were very uninteresting to me. So that was unfortunate. But the 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 act one, if you will, of this movie pretty much worked start to finish for me. And you could have put on an act two and three that I liked very easily to this movie, I think, because they did a great job with the setup. It was the, it was the like, where they decided to go with it that I wasn't interested in. Whereas with 1917, I never bought into the characters the entire time. So I don't really know what I think of the rest of that movie because it was kind of just like 
watching a road trip with someone I don't care about. <laughs> and and so, you know, it's like maybe all that stuff was really good if I had been invested in that guy and I just, because I wasn't, yeah. it all falls apart. So it's, you know, uh, it's just drawing that distinction there for whatever reason. And, you know, I tried to give some examples, but who knows what the real reason is. That initial 20, 30 minutes of this movie, I think really worked for me. Uh, and then it kind of went off the rails for me in terms of my buy-in or, or investment in the story. Mm-hmm. But but the initial part, they got me. They had definitely got me. Interesting. Well, I don't know that I have that much more to say. I think that's it for me. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm curious to hear what the movie club thinks. So if you have any thoughts, you know, let us know. I would like to hear what the movie club thinks as well. And... If any of our listeners out there happen to know a lot about French military history, <laughs> maybe you can also answer the question for us, is is this a accurate portrayal of of French military? Because that I also it doesn't really, like you said, doesn't really matter to the movie that much. Whether yeah. it is or it isn't, it could be a fantasy if if it's not. Um, and that's fine too. But but I'm curious now because it, you know, it occurred to me while watching it that I really just don't know anything about French military at all of this. I have no idea. Uh, if any of this is accurate, like it was this what it was like, I have no idea. So that would be interesting to hear as well, um, if anyone happens to know. Yeah. And uh, I guess we will see you again next week for the, the final film in our World War One series, which is going to be Gallipoli, directed by Peter Weir. So, uh, yeah. We'll and that must be a much more recent film. I think it's like 80s, maybe? Oh, so not that recent, actually. No, but more recent than, you know, Paths of Glory. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, yeah. We'll see you back here for Gallipoli, and then it will be on to a movie theme we have not picked. We haven't picked it. We ha- And don't forget, we are going to do some sort of live live stream event. Um, we are going to do a live stream event. We may watch something live. We might. We're going to try maybe. We we'll don't see. know what we're going to do with that, um, but we'll find out. Yeah, it's going to be a whole new experience. We don't even know how to do it. Nope. It's going to be a disaster, <laughs> let's be honest. We're going to have to figure out how to... St- these watch parties exist on Twitch. We've... We've determined that they definitely exist, but we don't actually know what that looks like. I assume there is some, yeah, we don't know. So we're going to try it. We're going to try something. Uh, We'll see how it goes. you know, if it it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah, if it works, maybe we'll do do something like that. We'll do it again. Again. So, yeah. So thanks for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you back here next week for Gallipoli. Until then, have fun watching movies. That's right. All right. Bye.